When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back to the Liverpool Groove. Captaincy is confirmed. It's it's the captain I expected it to be. I think a lot of people expected it to be. It's not necessarily the one a lot of... Well, I say a lot, but some people didn't want that captain. But Virgil van Dijk was always going to be the captain in my eyes. Um, so congratulations to him. It's a huge honour. Um, you know, the last two captains we've had have been captain for a long time. So let's hope he can do the same. Um, but Trent is vice-captain. You kind of touched on this last time, and it does kind of feel like this is Hippier getting the the armband with Gerard as as vice captain to in a couple of years' time for Trent to take over. It I've got it's got that feeling about it. Yeah, I think we discussed it. Honestly, I I was quite vocal that I didn't think it was the correct decision to give it to Van Dijk. But uh, what we didn't discuss on the in the last game when it was behind closed doors, all you could hear was Van Dijk, and I made a comment on saying. Do you know what? Maybe he is the right man because that's all you could hear. It was like when Henderson was doing it um, and he wasn't even playing in the closed doors during COVID. You can hear one prominent voice screaming and dictating where other players should be going and what they should be doing. And I got that from Van Dyke the other day. Um, so, yeah, obviously it could be a big step for him. I think it might push him on to, to return to his, his best self because we, we, have, we have needed to see that. Uh, I also said I don't think Trent would be an ideal vice captain. I prefer him captain and Robbo. But now it's happened and everything gets brushed aside, seeing him and how made up he is, and um, seeing Klopp with his arm around him, it just it does feel right. It's sort of giving him the captaincy and bypassing Van Dyke could have been a massive kick in the bollocks for Van Dyke really, and it could have upset the apple cart. So to do it this way. You know, he's got a good few years on Virgil, so hopefully it is what you've just said. It's it's Sammy and, and Stevie, and one day the scouts will take over. But for now, he's a big presence. Looks brilliant with the armbands. He looks like he's got a bit of confidence in himself again. And the pair of them together look like they'll make a, a great team of leaders. So yeah, hopefully it's the, the foundations we need to go ahead and start winning things again. Fingers crossed, yeah. I mean... It's uh, it's. I, I put this on Twitter last night, and I don't know what it is slightly off topic, like, but I I can't explain the buzz I've got going into this season. Like, I put it on Twitter last night. You'd think we'd just won the treble. You'd think we'd just done what Man City have just done. The way I'm feeling going into the season, you wouldn't think we'd finish fifth out Champions League. It's like I I don't under, I can't explain it, but there's just something. I've just got a really good feeling about going into this season. Yeah, I have lad. As I say, I keep making little digs of the FSGL groups and that on, on Twitter but there's a feel around the club you can see it in the players and the, the new lads and the, the manager they all just look dead happy they look happy to be playing for Liverpool and being at Liverpool and there's, there's something they know that we don't they know how good they're going to be or how good they feel and it's it's going through the club and I think you're, you're a little bit negative if, you, if you're now feeling good at the moment 
Klopp's openly said there's be more signings or we're going to try stuff like this. The young lads are coming through. Some of them are looking like absolute world beaters. Some of them are making that next step. So you can only be excited. Last season won't happen again. And if it does, questions will be asked. But there's not a chance. There's not a chance we, we go out and perform like that. The, the legs in the midfield, the changes that we're making, the, the new faces, everyone just, even when the first day coming in, sent with his ear cut and he was like, it's a new me. Things like that are just, we're taking them to the next level. I just feel like that there's a feeling within the club there and with us that, that the fans, something special is about to happen again and it's, it's nice to feel like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, no, I think you've, you know what I was going to try and carry on what you said there, and I think you just summed it up perfectly. To be honest, um, it's hard. I feel like we're getting all over excited over transfers and that, but I'm more. I said it on the last one, lads. I'm excited to see the young lads. You've got your Ben Zokes and your Clarks and your the likes of Pachetic and Curtis Jones and see Avi Elliott. Now these are lads who've been around the squad a little bit, but the, they've only built a little platform to, to step up on. Now they're on the platform. You see where these lads can go. It's yeah. exciting. It really is. And I know it's not ideal all the time, not not signing the next superstar and this, but sometimes you've already got them there, lad. That Ben's Oak's unbelievable. Mm. We've Rosie said it first. And Harvey uh, Elliott, another option for that right forward place. And then mm. you've got the young lads in midfield. Uh, it is, it's exciting. And whatever the team is going into the season, whether we sign anyone or not, got to back them because... Klopp's the manager and Klopp's making his fucking head off, so we've got it too. Yeah. No, I mean, we've we've kind of said that from the very beginning of this podcast, to be fair, you know, three years ago, was sometimes you have got to, you've got to trust the youth. Like, imagine if when Klein got injured, we never thought, you know what, let's give this kid a go in the academy, Trent Alexander-Arnold. What, 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 what would have happened there? And you know what at, I mean? So At the time, the most exciting thing to do is go out in the January and go and sign a 30, 40 million pound fullback from Real Madrid or Bayern Munich, and we're all dancing in the streets. Then you don't have strength, as you say. So sometimes the people who are working with the footballers know a bit more than us. You only see them on the telly every now and again, or in the, or at the match. They're with them yeah. day in, day out. He's not going to put all the pressure of playing for Liverpool Football Club on a, on a kid who's not ready. He's not going to do it. And that's why we've got to be patient. And as fans as well, when he does, like, let these kids go into the team for the first few weeks or whatever. Give them the time. Don't turn into Evertonians. You sigh and boo at every fucking little mistake they make. The young kids, they're going to make mistakes. They need to learn on the job. But there's some talent in that team, lad, and there's no doubt at all. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, uh, we'll discuss some of them a, a little, little later when we talk about the Leicester game. But just coming back to the captaincy a minute. Obviously, we know the the captain and vice captain, the leadership group now does appear to be obviously them two with Salah, uh, Robertson and Allison as the sort of third, fourth, and fifth captains in whatever order they they are. I think that's the perfect sort of leadership group within the squad. Now they've all been there in around the first team, roughly the same amount of time. They're the ones who've won everything with us. They've been integral part of everything we've done. Now I think. I think that's absolutely perfect as a leadership group. It's not it's not a bad group to have, is it really? You're talking there's no. eleven players on the pitch and five of them then. So like to have that core of players, that group where it's like it's like when you're saying about quality, you need a brilliant goalie, brilliant centre half, brilliant midfielder, and a brilliant forward, and you'd have that core. And if the branches on the sides are a little bit shit, you can still get through it. Like we've done it with Istanbul. Know what I mean? We, the branches yeah. with the team weren't fucking great, but we went on to win the Champions League because the call was magnificent. So, um, yeah, if we can just keep them leading and allow the young lads and that to make their mistakes, even even though like we don't want them to, but if we can just keep them f- five lads together as a group and let the kids learn off them, let the young lads learn off them, let the, the new players come in and learn off them, uh, you can't really go wrong. There's that many leaders... And I know we've we've panicked, haven't we, with the likes of Henderson going and Milner and now the likes of Fabinho, but players go out and you've got to replace them with young players. So if you've got that many leaders in your team, it's it's only good. Yeah, definitely. Um 
So, I mean, talking about some of the young players, the last pre-season game, first one over in Singapore, beat Leicester 4-0. Um, so I think people can stop worrying about any pre-season jitters. I think when you've seen what they've done, you know, I'd, you can take out the Adrian tax for the, for the last game where it was 4 all. You know, Kelleher come in, started, made a brilliant save in the first half. Um, very Allison-like save, I must admit. Um, so I've, I really hope he stays, you know, like I know, I know how much he wants to play first-team football and don't get me wrong, he deserves to be first-choice somewhere. But from a purely selfish Liverpool point of view, I hope he stays like, because I genuinely don't think there's a... I don't think we can replace him with a keeper as good as him if he goes. No, there's not a chance. He, as, as Klopp said, he's the best number two in the world. There's not a player, but there's, no one's happy to just sit there. Alisson's only in his like early 30s. He's, he's got another three or four years at the very top, if not more. He's fit. He looks after himself. So, is that kid going to let his best years fall apart just to sit there? I don't know. But the likes of the Europa League, the, the League Cup, their competitions that he might play in. And it's mm. not because, you know, you're letting your reserves play. Sometimes you've got a player who's that good who you can start getting in the team in competitions like this. where You, you don't feel like it's going to really hinder you that much. So I think that's what we need to do with him. Offer him offer him game time to a point where he's gonna be playing like half the games this season. But then can you can you risk upsetting Allison? It's it's a tricky one, lad, and you know, Keller's only gonna get better learning from Allison. And, you know, as as much as he's not a, as good a keeper as them two, he's gonna learn a, a lot from from Adrian as well, lad, just because he's got the experience. He's played in the Premier League for a long time. He's He's still gonna have things that that Kelleher needs to know. You know, John Achterberg, he's been there for God knows how long now. He's he's obviously very trusted. You've got Tafferell. They're the the core of goalkeepers that we've got, lad, in terms of coaches and players and the young ones coming through is 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 brilliant. Like we've got a really good team of goalkeepers. And I I wouldn't be surprised if Adrian is more of a, a coach in the group rather than a player now, to be honest. But as I say, he's a good he's a good person to have around for experience if nothing else yeah the way he conducts himself as well lad like he's never stopping he's never moaning he knows he's not going to play unless we're absolutely desperate he signed a contract and people are like oh we're, we're a joke for signing him another year why he's a he's a perfect body to have he's not going to kick up a fuss for not playing and he's going to be there pushing them to the limits every, every single day in training so as you say all you can do is learn off people like that but one of the things we like in our team is having good lads who conduct themselves well and like Adrian, one of them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um but yeah, Kelleher keeping him I think is is crucial for me this season. Some yeah, of the other young lads. Um you've got to offer him you've got to offer him a deal where it's like you are important. Hmm. <laughs> you are you do you are important to the club, not just as a number two. We need we need to try and find another few bit more game time really but it is it's hard it's, there's only one position so mm. got to obviously keep your best keeper and keep him sweet at the same time as number two but it is I think it's coming to a, a point now where it's, they're going to lock horns and be like right am I going to play or am I going yeah uh, truthfully if we do end up keeping him this season and come next summer he's still not feeling like he's playing enough he's going to go then I think this is the last season where it can be a case of you might only play, you know, one game in the League Cup because we go out in the third round or something or however it pans out. I think we're not going to be able to do it much longer. So having extended runs in these competitions where Kelleher is the first choice, because we've seen it, the other, you know, not uh, not last season, season before when we won the Cups, you know, Kelleher was the keeper right through the League Cup. So as long as we progress, if Klopp decides he's his keeper for that competition, he's going to stick with him. Yeah, he so, will. And he he's got that assurance from from that experience, so he knows it's it's kind of, it's down to himself to make sure to keep himself playing in a way. Because the better we do in a competition, the more he's going to play if he's to keep it in it. So it's a, it's an incentive at the same time. Yeah, I think even if if the time come where he did decide he was going to leave, we've just got to be clever about it. We've got to say, yeah, yeah, you go to someone like Danny or someone, but we've got first first refusal on mm. you, and. Or next sale stuff like that. Just got to make sure we look after ourselves for them. But obviously, the the preference would be to 
let him go somewhere. Even if we loaned him out for a year, where we've got the option to recall him, if we, we did have any injuries and that. Um, we've seen it happen before, so if he wants game time, we've got to try and make sure he gets a, a bit more than he's been getting. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, some of the other young players who've, who've looked good in, in all the pre-season, but especially this uh, this last game, you know, you've got Bobby Clark getting on the score sheet, uh, Ben Doak, Ben Doak, <laughs> on score sheet. I'm never letting you live that one down, to be honest. Um, no, because he's Scottish, love. I can hear it in his <laughs> accent. Fair enough. Now, um, yeah, obviously, them two getting on the score sheet. Uh, that'll probably be Ben Doak's only headed goal of his career, I'd imagine. Um, Tell you what, it was a great header, though. <laughs> going back, going back, and that it was class. To get that where it went, it was spot on. Yeah, it was. Uh, Bobby Clark, great finish. Um, nice to have a Bobby scoring again. Didn't yeah. think we'd uh, didn't think we'd get that again, to be honest. So I was happy great. with that. Um, and even at the back, he, again, we mentioned him. I think the last one, uh, that Quanser, Gerald Quanser, made a great made a great block. Yeah. Um, even that, like I know. Like it's it's a lot of pressure to put on a kid, but if, if we think he's ready or he oversteps the likes of your Reese Williams and Nat Phillips and well, they're obviously one's on loan, one's gonna go, then he steps up and there's your um, there's your centre arm. Mm. And then it's if we go out, how old is he like seventeen, eighteen? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly, but he's, he's so like if we went and spent thirty million on a, a twenty year old French international, everyone would be buzzing. Not even that. Look how much everyone wants to call it. Oh, exactly. But just because he's new, so, mm. so just just bla- just Liverpool should just blag social media and go. We bought this kid from Benfica for forty mil, and everyone would go ballistic. Yeah, and he's. I've seen him play. He's brilliant. No, we just brought him through the academy. Fucking big dopes. <laughs> That's what people yeah. want. Um, so yeah, if, if he say said before, lad, if you're good enough, you're old enough. So he's a big unit. Him, he's he's. Bit like Canate, obviously gonna have be a bit raw because he's still young and we'll have to learn off the likes of Van Dykes and that. But you know what I mean? He's a, he's a body there that that looks very useful. Yeah, and look, these these young lads wouldn't be in the preseason squad if Klopp didn't think that the close, at least close to being ready for the first team. We've seen it with Ben Doak last season, who if he never got injured, probably would have featured more in the first team last season. Um, you know, you've seen it with uh, KD Gordon who come through. Obviously, he got a big injury as well. I think he's gone out on loan now. So, we're doing it. We're doing it the right way. We're giving these lads the chance in pre-season. To, they've obviously impressed before that to be chosen in pre-season. And if they're doing well in pre-season, then you've, you've, got, to, you've got to give them that chance to see what they can do in the first team. If it doesn't work out, fair enough, it doesn't work out. But they wouldn't... Like, Are we going to really start down and clock with these young players? That's the thing with kids, though, lad. You put them in the first team, and a manager like Klopp, Mike, he put his hand on and say, "Listen, I put you in for five games. It hasn't quite worked out. That's my fault, not yours. Mm. You're not quite ready. Go back down a level. Go back into the reserves. Work your arse off. See you in training every now and again. See where you're up to, and you'll try it again. You know, I feel like he sort of done that with Harvey Elliott until he was pushed into having to play him because we had injuries. I think he, that was the sort of thing. It, it was going well, he got injured and then it wasn't going quite as well. And then he's had to just put him wherever we can because we've had our bodies out. So you've got to just give them, if they're good enough, lad, you've got to give them a go. Joke's yeah. definitely good enough. Joke's definitely ready to, to go in, not to go in that squad, to, to come on. There's not many players, even from now, watching them pre-season, there's not many players in that league I'd be more excited to bring it on for half an hour to, to win you the game than him. Because he's just absolute dynamite. He's like, yeah. he reminds me of Michael Owen when Michael Owen first came on the scene. He's little, he's got that burst of energy, dynamite speed, and he's got that hunger that he wants to uh, be on the end of scoring goals. So it's exciting. It's a, he's, yeah. an ex, he's a really, really exciting prospect, and I think he's nearly, he, he'll be going in that squad this year. Definitely. I, I can see him in the squad against Chelsea, to be honest with you. I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the bench against Chelsea. Um, and probably the same with, I think probably Quanta is the other one out of the, the lads in pre-season. I think he's the one who's probably caught the eye the most, if not sort of spectacularly, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think he's, nobody, just, he's been solid. 
he's been impressive. Hasn't been great even in pre-season, and he still managed to stand out, which is fair play mm. to him. He yeah. still looked dead well in defenses that have that have struggled at times. He's looked like the lead centre half as well, which is massive. Mm. Yeah. So uh, yeah, say him, Quanta. I think they are too. That they were looking at to to be in the squad for Chelsea. So, yeah. Is, is Matip, Matip's fit, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. I, I can't remember no, if he's coming on Sunday. We discussed the centre-halves like last at length, didn't we? Yeah. Can I say still raw, but prospect brilliant. Um, my starting two is Van Dijk and, and Matip for me hmm. at this moment in time. Um, but again, we just need pace if we're going to play that high line. You just need... That's why Gomez and Van Dijk were brilliant because Gomez had that based on pace till his injury that we, we could get back. We didn't really bat an eyelid. The ball would go over the top and one of them would be there. We're just yeah. struggling with a bit of pace. So, then if that punch is like a little yard back, get on the end of it. There's a massive change in your system straight away. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Speaking of sort of younger players coming in, to, let's uh, move on to Lavia. Um. Who knows what's happening with her at the minute? Seems to Didn't be a new. Him. No, who is he? Uh, no, but there seems to be a different story every day with him at the minute. So uh, I think the latest one is we bid, I think it was 42 million, including add ons. But Southampton are adamant they want the 50. Um, so it's Southampton in a, in a weird position with it. And now City have got a buyback clause of 40 mil. Um, and I think they've also got 20% of whatever they, they sell them for. So I can understand why they're adamant to getting the the fifty four, and because obviously, you know, they're losing five mil of that straight away, uh, or ten mil rather. I can't even do much. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, they're losing a big chunk of it. So I can understand why they're adamant to getting the fifty million for him. But you know, at the same time, we've got to go. If we don't think he's worth fifty million, then we're not going to pay fifty million. Um. Okay. And it's hard to say with a player that's played one season of Premiership football at 19. Like, yeah, he's he's was Southampton's best player probably by a mile last season. But again, it's like he's played one season of Premier Premier League football. We we as much as Southampton can't be bullied over bringing the price down. We can't be sort of just going, okay, yeah, we'll just give you what you want. Like, we can't do that. And that's exactly what fans want. Fans are saying, oh, just pay them the extra eight mil and stuff like that. Eight mil is a is like another player's wage for three years on like 120 grand. Hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, come on, he's a kid. He's not gonna he's not really I don't even think he's gonna play that often. So if it is, if he's gonna come in as an understudy for somebody else for 50 mil, I, I can't see us doing that. So I think he is our, our number one target. And then that's it. Might go and get a centre half. I don't think we're getting two. I don't think we'd spend fifty mil on a player who's going to try and basically going to boost the squad. Fifty yeah. mil is better. So eggs in the basket now. If it was me, I'd just double the money and offer it to Brighton. And yeah. you see, how well, just that as that other number six. If if I if Casado got injured, but so it's all a dream world. Um, but I do understand that I understand both clubs, yeah. They want the money. We don't want to pay it. But at the end of the day, if we get if we get caught on stuff, you know what I mean? Hmm. And we don't end up buying anyone because we've waited and waited for him. So it's like the Bellingham situation and he ends up elsewhere, then we look fucking stupid. So hmm. yeah. We've got to obviously have a a backup option. We could, we should realistically be be aiming towards a, a better quality sign from the off anyway. If you, in my opinion, yeah, I can't see us getting no one. Um, I've seen a lot I of can't. talk. I've seen a lot of talk. People saying, "Why are we lowballing Southampton?" It's like it's 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 a negotiation. Like you don't just go to the table and go, "How much do you want?" And they go fifty million. We go, "All right, yeah, time." That's not how football works. That's not how business works in general. Like. It's a, it's a negotiation. Like, the price isn't set in stone. So, yeah, you're going to negotiate. We're trying to get the best deal for us. They're trying to get the best deal for them. And you compromise. That's how that's how transfers work. Like, I shouldn't have to explain this. 
if we save if we saved one point two five million, it's still better off in our bank than it is theirs. The interest yeah. on that alone worth on mega money. But people don't understand the business aspect of it all. To save a million pounds and have that million pounds in your bank for the next year, the interest on that sounds. Yeah. That's another player's wage. So we just need to we need to be shrewd. We don't need to, we don't want to be panic buying. Don't want to be going out spending fifty mil on a nineteen year old who no one knows how fucking good he is yet. Hmm. Don't know how good he can be. So if you're gonna do it, if you're gonna go and spend big, go and spend big on a player we do know. A player who is gonna be quality, who's gonna walk into that first team and, and make the changes we need. But for the system we play, there's not many of them about. No. You need a ball playing defensive midfielder and there isn't many. No, no. I I, I personally still think Lavia Sanch, um, whether it's before the Chelsea game, whether it's after it, I still think before the windows closed. I think we see him in a Liverpool share, to be honest with you. Obviously, you know now there's the rumours. Sorry, do you know if we wait till the fucking deadlines, eh? Right. And we end up getting him for 42 mil and we save the 8 mil. It's fucking weird that he's missed what, a game or two. Hmm. Just do it. Just do what you need to do. To, if he's given his word that he wants to sign for us, and we've given his word, listen, we'll keep coming till, till deadlines, eh? Then that's how it works. You've got to play the game and Fans will probably prefer that anyway. They all moan now that it hasn't been done early, but every one of them will be taking a day off work on deadline day to see what's going on outside the access training centre, you know what I mean? Yeah. Going to shame Melwood, it still feels weird <laughs> not shame Melwood. But, yeah, it's one of them. Football, the summer's exciting. You're at, we all moan. We're just going to moan and moan and moan. We'll sign him and then we'll moan about how we need a centre-half and you don't get one deadline day, everyone will be moaning about that. So we're not going to win. No, no. Um, obviously, we've been linked with, seems to be speeding up a bit. Uh, Andre from Fluminese in Brazil. Never, never, never heard of him, never seen him before in my life. Um, is he Brazilian? All on, yeah, he's Brazilian. So all I'm... I know about him is he's the greatest midfielder that's ever come from Brazil. Alisson so, needs a best mate. He does. Um, so yeah, sign him. Um, now it's it's a difficult one. I know the Brazilian transfer window closes tomorrow, um, so obviously his club are going to be even more reluctant to let him go. Um, I don't know. It's it's a tough one, as I say. Brazilian clubs, I think, have a sort of similar thing with Spain, where a lot of the contracts have release clauses in it. So whether we've seen that and gone, fuck it, let's just go and do that. When we've watched them for a long time. You know, there's, we're going to have, you know, people think, oh, people will be thinking we don't know anything about this kid. It's like, but the club will. Like, they're not just throwing, they're not just going out to footy manager and going, who's, who's, simulate a few years in the future, see who's bottom will buy him. They're not doing that. That's like, you've got scouts all around the world. It's like, they know what they're doing. So if we're after him and we're, for us to go and buy direct from South America, I think says a lot about this player, to be honest, because, under Klopp's especially, we haven't done that at all. We haven't gone and bought sort of directly from the source. Well, I just think we need, like, as soon as you say Brazilian or, like, South American, you just know, like, the work rate and that, that'll be put in. And that's what we're, that's what we're lacking, desperately. That's what we need. I just I just want, it, like, a little angry, horrible bastard to, to sit in that middle who just batters you, kicks you, takes boogans, makes, does everything to the team. You could have a player like Luis Suarez in centre mid doing all that, or a Mascarano. It's it's what 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 we're desperate for. Even like when we've had great teams under Klopp, our defensive mid has never been really that nasty. Fabinho's done a f- left a few and marked on a few people like fair play to him, but not out and out pure aggression. I think that's what we what I'm craving myself personally. I want that, but then I go to say Casado, who doesn't offer none of that. He's just a brilliant yeah. footballer. He does that role well. So, yeah, it's all um, it's all up in the air. If I could have anything, I would. I'd have a little knack in the middle. Yeah. Someone who, like, he'll cause murder. He'll cause yeah. chaos. And he won't be give a fuck about upsetting anyone. Tell you to be perfect in that, in that sense, lad, but probably be Valverde from Madrid. Mm-hmm. Um, he, yeah, he's we'll probably... Yeah, he is like a little Suarez in midfield. Um, just to backtrack a little bit, speaking of Nahi, 
horrible bastard South Americans who do everything for the team and uh, Luis Suarez type players. The man on your chair there, Darwin, looking brilliant in pre-season. Um, That's in chaos. Like, and as so was goal against Leicester, I was that goal was so pleasing because yeah, last season Darwin wouldn't have gone on, wouldn't have followed that up. Exactly what I thought, lad. I've been watching Jota and the way Jota plays. And we've said Jota's just like a mini Robbie Fowler. Just obviously can do anything. So it's no disrespect saying he's just a box striker. Um, he gets out wide, cuts in, into the middle, and then he makes his way to the box, to the six-yard box. And Nunes are starting to do that. And that's what we want. We just want him. Just tell him, get in the goal mode. He's somewhere around the goal. And he's doing it this pre-season, lad. But he's involved in the play as well. He's not just a little one-trick pony. Like, that blonde a thing of City. <laughs> I can't even compare him, lad. He's called his <laughs> But he's, a, no, he's, got a, he's got a lot more to his game, I think. He's, he is absolute chaos. But now he's adding the basics back into his game, which is what he missed. He, he missed. He had all the madness and all the... The crazy stuff that you, you want to see in a in a centre forward, but then he lacked the basics, the simple one touch passing, the passing goal, and the getting to the six yard box for the second ball and stuff. He's doing all that now. It is only pre season; it's against shape, but you can only play against what's in front of you, and he's standing out. Yeah, definitely. Do you think last season it was a case of he was trying a bit too hard to impress? Yeah, definitely, and I think that's the worst thing you can do when you're trying too hard and you got time to think about things you'd always make the wrong decision it's just a it's just a formality in football that even like from Sunday league to the fucking very top if you've got the ball at your feet you're too long to think and someone running at you or someone running behind you you tend to make the the wrong decision it's a, it's like a game of instinct football yeah gotta do what you naturally do at that moment and he's starting to he's starting to learn that and I that's think it. that's that's great to see, like, because when we discussed it, the forward options, and we go on about the, all the players on the left, you Jota, Diaz, Nunes. Jota's your only real out and out striker, and I think Nunes is working his way into being being one of them as well, which is what we need, lad. That's it. That's it. Um, so I want to move on to the little questions that we've got from from Twitter. I say. One we kind of robbed a bit, but we're, we're adopting as our own now. So, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna ask the first one first, obviously, because you can't ask it second. <laughs> so we got one from um your little Jedi on on Twitter, belt name. Uh, so he said John Henry brings you. He tells you he's down on his luck, and Linda's giving him a cold shoulder. He needs cheering up. Which goal or game are you showing him to make him go? <laughs> no way. You've got to pick one goal, uh, one from before he took over. Don't be a shitbag and use Istanbul. Yeah. Mine is a shitbag one, but it's Michael Owens against Arsenal in the FA Cup final. <laughs> because. Is that yours? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly, lad. Do you know what? I ended up watching the game the other day as well on uh, LFC TV, all the highlights, and I just found myself sat there smirking my head off like, how the fuck have we won that football match? So I'd, I'd like John and me to watch that 90 minutes and and then see how we, t- we just turned it on for fucking two minutes and changed the whole game, lifted the trophy. Um, and it is, it, it's, it's something I was thinking this the other day, like, talking to Evertonians about, well, skitting them, basically saying, I'll defuse just shit all my life, all your life. But it's sad, isn't it? And then I was thinking about, like, the times of Gerard Ullier, even Roy Evans, won, won a cup under Evans. Gerard Ullier comes in, we win the treble, go on to Rafa. There's just something in our DNA, even at our worst moments, we win. We just find a way to dig in and win. And I think that has got something to do with the fans in the ground and the belief we've got in this club when you're walking through the corridors and realise what history lies there. It's before any owner. It's after any owner, any manager, any player. This club yeah. special. And I think that would be my message to John Henry. Stick in there, lads. Stick in there and keep <laughs> spending that job. Uh, yeah, no. You've, I mean, you've said it perfectly. Um, I'm going to... Cause that was mine as well, to be honest, because <laughs> it was just. I remember, I remember, and I've, I've, I remember watching it fairly recently myself. But that game, Arsenal fucking battered us. They were all over us, and they should have been three or four nil up. 
um, that team they had at that time, Henri, Perez, Jumberg, Vieira, like it was, it was ridiculous. Um, similar feel, similar feeling of Istanbul. When you think about it, when you start reeling off them names. Um, yeah, I was just thinking that then when you look at AC Milan's team and then you look at Arsenal's team and just the performance on the day again, like he fucking battered us. Stefan Ocho yeah. was brilliant in goal. Just things like that. How the fuck have we won that game? As much as we hate Michael Owen because of things he's done, when you listen to the interviews he's done and things he's said and, you know, he, he dreams of like doing a bit of an Ian Rush going mm. away for the year. Uh, going to a European club and then returning. We never came back in for him, so there was not much he could do. But hmm. some of the best best nights of our life have been because well, he's been scoring the goals for us. So we've got to remember that as well sometimes. That's it. That's it. Um but because you did also choose that one, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna choose a different one. Um and I'm I'm gonna say Chelsea two thousand five semi final, second leg at Anfield. Um Can't. And just and again, it's a bit of a shitbag one, but I'm not asked. Um, just because, again, you look at what they done in the league that season. Ninety five points at that point was a record. I think they only conceded fifteen goals all season. They battered us both games in the league. Beat us quite comfortably, not necessarily in scoreline, but just in terms of performance, beat us quite easily. And then for us to go there and knock and get a draw was huge. And then to bring it back to Anfield, that ball to definitely cross the line. Um, it would have been a penalty anyway, so it doesn't matter. And um, a red card. And a red card. So you got just be thankful you'd only got that. Um, but for Johnson to miss that in the last in the last second, like the last kick of the game, like I was ready to but throw myself out the top window when he shot because I just thought it was going in. Palpitations, that. But obviously, I was in the ground. One of the best nights I've ever had in my life. That, um, that, that ball dropping to to Good Johnson was in fucking lasted ten minutes. Last the little trickle it come up to him on the volley to just whack it. It's it's gone. It zoomed past everyone. You're waiting for them to, to the Chelsea fans to cheer and then run away, and it just didn't happen. It was fucking mad. There was something special, something in that ground that night. Um, Beyond football, shame with this damn ball. We were meant to win that cup. Mm. Yeah. I have. I've got you. It, lad. But no, like, what a question this is. It I is. was watching LFC TV the other day as well, and I could reel off a load. Could reel off. But yeah, a I was just going to say some special them. mentions. Like one of the other ones, obviously Gary Macher against Everton, but then there's the likes of Danny Murphy last minute against United and stuff like that. Olympiacos. Yeah, fucking to some unbelievable. Even, even Juventus at home that season, lad. Uh, like oh, the teams we beat, the teams we beat on that run, you could just say that whole Champions League run. Like we were out, we were out the competition with ten minutes ago against Olympiacos. Like he thinks of like two thousand and one, Alaves. Alaves. All we played, some of the goals we scored, but then the one that always sticks in my mind is Gary Max crossing to the own goal from yeah. Jelly, what his name was. And yeah, the golden goal. I can just see him nodding against the roof of his own net. And it's just mm-hmm. like, you see things so vividly when you start thinking about it properly. Know what I mean? Yeah, even, even for me, like one one that always sticks in my head was um, the season the season after we won the treble, back in the Champions League for the first time in years. And it was when there was still two group stages. And we had to, we were playing Roma last game oh. of the second group. Uh, and I remember being in the ground, I don't always remember, Heskey and Littman and got the goals. And even that lad, it was just... Didn't appreciate it then because I was so young and I was just made up to be at the match. I wasn't really that taking was, it in properly. He came back. Say again. Was really ill there or he came back because he remember them singing his name and that. I think that might have been the one he'd come back in, yeah. Um, because I, I never actually got a ticket for that game and I was stood in our front garden in Norris Green listening to the crowd after we won. And it was mad. It was like being outside the ground. It was fucking yeah. weird. Like, it was yeah, unbelievable. That one, that one sticks with me as well. That does... Like you say, there's so many. There's um, so many. There's we we, we could literally we could do a full episode of this of just this question. Like, there's that many we, we could talk to, about. Actually, <laughs> I, I've got a little, see, I'm buzzing again now. Great question, but yeah, mine's yeah. always 
but I think if you, if you give me another two minutes, I'll probably change it about fucking fifty times. Yeah. What we might have to do, we might just have that. to answer this question every episode now, just yeah. when we think of a new game. One of my favourites was Marcus Babbles in the final, Alves. Yeah. Because we had him in the sweep. <laughs> yeah, so. it's just it's been crazy. Even again, you say, you know, even when we've been at our sort of in our shitter phases, we've still had these moments, like your 2003 League Cup final. Gerard with that deflected goal off Beckham, and then Owen getting two, you know, at a time when United were dominating, we couldn't get near them in the league. It comes to the final, and it's just something special with Liverpool. Yeah, it's just a, just a belief. I don't what it is. You can't you can't even put your finger on it. Even as a fan, like we've been called deluded and fucking biased all our lives by our blue neighbours, but it's not it's not delusion. It's fucking fact. It's real. It's, there's evidence. We go into games we shouldn't win and we win. Go into trophies that we shouldn't even fucking. The competition too big for us at times. We win. We go and win it. Sometimes yeah. we don't look quite ready to go into the into the big. With the big boys, and we come out on top. It's just fucking Liverpool. It's what we do. Just putting a smarty face, doesn't it? It's boss. Just, I just never doubt them. Just, I mean, that's from my dad. Even Istanbul, that 3 0 down, half time, I'm crying my eyes out like a little bitch. Literally, <laughs> like a little bitch going, oh, fucking. Because just something, like probably, maybe, like what you'd say, Twitter would be like today. I'm sat in eyes. Oh my God. Being to every fucking home game. My ma wouldn't let me go to the final. So I was fucking already hated it. <laughs> Sat there, fucking shocker. And my dad literally said to me, if you get a goal in the first 10 minutes, you'll win it. And I was like, you're a lunatic. Take your glasses off. Take your rose tinted glasses off. You're a lunatic. It's going to be 7-0. They're too good. They're making a show of us. I think first goal was a 54. Something like that, yeah. 54th minute. Within six minutes, it was 3 all. I was just sat with my dad like, you're fucking <laughs> You're a lunatic. But again, <laughs> dad just sat across from you like that in our bed. <laughs> and since then, I'm literally just like, Don't no them. matter what score it is, no matter how we're doing, even Barcelona, fucking hell, my, I put 5 0 on as a bet. Put a tenner on 5 0. Mm. Only four, but I put a tenner on 5 0. I was that confident we were going to beat them. It's fucking weird. Just, I just, there was just yeah. a feeling. I mean, I, I didn't throw out. a bet on. I didn't throw a bet on that myself, but as soon as that final whistle went, when it was 3-0, I just went, we'll win next week. We're going through. Not even asked. And then I couldn't... <laughs> I was in Prague, I remember. I was in Prague, the second leg. And I don't know why, I like, couldn't find it anywhere on. And then kept getting updates on my phone when I was getting a little bit of internet. Seeing that we got to 3 all, that's how much of it I missed. And then was sprinting down fucking um, the main square, trying just fucking jumping into every bar and boozer I could find to see anywhere that I had it on. And then eventually found one where there was like, it was all Barca fans and then like me and my mates in the corner and <laughs> fucking buzzing off them. It was great. Um, but that's just, like you say, you just, you, you can't doubt them. And you just, you just can't. It's just what we do. <laughs> it's credit to them that it's, it's like that now. But it, I know lads, you were at the, the away leg at Barca and they come out at 3-0, not faced, not asked. Like we've just been given a football lesson in aspects of individual class but we didn't play that bad on the night didn't get torn no. apart we played quite well we, we could have scored a few goals ourselves but say people walked out that grounds people walked out the boozers in Liverpool and just went not over that not over and as you know it wasn't it what wasn't. a question what a question <laughs> I know yeah you fucking sparked something in us there nice one <laughs> Um, so I wanted to move on to the really I mean that one was interesting but this one Really get your fucking brain working over time. Um, so Gary Taylor underscore nine on Twitter, um, did ask the Anfield rap or the Red Men to do this, but we're better than them, so we robbed it. Um, so he wanted to he wanted the debate of what's the better midfield, Gerard Mascherano, Alonso, or Hendo Fabinho, Wijnaldum. It's an impossible question. It's hard. I feel like what we were discussing before about the defensive mids, like the modern defensive mid is like a ball-playing midfielder who can break play up. Um, so with Fabinho, you had that. 
Whereas I think Mascherano or Alonso made up for that one position in, mm. their, in their quality. Do you know what I mean? Mascherano yeah. was dead set on winning the ball back and Alonso was dead set on distributing the ball and Gerard was dead set on grabbing every fucking ball and doing what he can with it. Um, so I think individually, individually, every one of the older players pisses it collectively with this modern Liverpool team and how we play and how we press. I don't know whether that midfield could have done that. So the likes of Wijnaldum played a bit of a Mascherano role and a bit of a Gerrard role where he was trying to press at the edge of the box to win the ball back, but then we'll win the ball back in our own half. So it's it's, a, it's an impossible task, really. I think we played different ways. Mm. Um, I don't think that the midfield we had recently get enough credit for what it's done and what we've won and the, the influence they had in it because names like Jordan Anderson don't ring out like a superstar. Gini Ronaldo from Newcastle never got the credit he deserved. Fabinho, again, we talk about him now in, in past tense because he's left us. Don't realise how important he was in, in what we've done. He was the missing piece to a, a puzzle that we couldn't quite fucking figure out. And then yeah. he come in and that was the rest of history. So, fucking hell, it's, a, it's, it's impossible. I think in a Jürgen Klopp team, the, the current the, his, his midfield was the better. Yeah. Uh, but what I'd give to see Mascherano, Alonso and Gerard on to Jürgen Klopp. But I don't know whether it'll work in that system because they win. I don't think it works. No, it's 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 one of them questions, isn't it? It's like it is it's a very difficult one to try and sort of understand it. But I think I think you're right, I think individually, man-to-man, I think Gerard, Mascherano, Alonso are better footballers than Henderson, Fabinho and Wijnaldum. But collectively, like you said, they were just, they were the perfect machine. You'd had, you'd had your Wijnaldum, who just kept it ticking over all the time, breaking up play, doing, like you say, probably the bit of Mascherano role, doing the dirty stuff that the other two weren't doing as much of Fabinho sitting there protecting the back line. Um just, you know, giving them the, the support they needed. Henderson. Um see it's hard because again I was gonna say Henderson playing a bit further forward, but even he didn't really do that. You had Henderson sort of sitting there on the right, making sure Trent had the support and stuff like that. So I think I think the roles of the midfielders in that three were different than the three with with Gerard Mascherano Alonso because Gerard was getting forward. He was getting. He was just everywhere, wasn't he? Let's be honest. Yeah. Every ball was his. Even when he never had the ball, every ball was his. It was just. Um, it was crazy. Mascherano would murder you to get the ball, and Jabby Alonso was just. He was just a spectacular a big shit footballer out. to watch. To watch, not um, he was just. He was. Yeah, I don't know if shit happens to like head like, but I know what you mean. But he was. He was your sort of. He was your flair in that midfield. He was the one who'd pick the ball up and spray it 50 yards away without looking at the player and knowing exactly where the ball's going to land to the to the fucking blade of grass. Like, uh, but the roles are the... It's scary that we had Gerard who could do that as well, though. Yeah, it is. It's mad, because I think in, in a Jürgen Klopp team, you'd have to phase one of them out, which is fucking mental. Yeah. Absolutely mental. So you, you would definitely... I think Mascherano was better defensively than Fabinho. But Fabinho could could ping a 30, 40 yard ball mm. into feet as well. At, at one point, where when we were breaking play up, he was distributing the long passes and the short passes. Whereas Mascherano's job was to get it past two yards to Alonso or Gerard. Yeah. Uh, again, Gerard box to box, so we didn't really have one of them under under clock. When Alden was sort of pressed from the midfield onwards. It's, it's, it's fucking difficult. It is, it's difficult. It is. There's no, like there's no say, real answer because I think the systems are that different. Like, I can imagine, imagine Gerard pressing round in a Jürgen Klopp team the way, the way he probably could. I think he'd, he'd obviously play, but I think the system suits for being all Henderson and Wijnaldum more. 
then it yeah. doesn't. I mean, I, I don't know if they could, if Gerard Mascherano wants, I don't know if they could play this system. I think one of the things I see quite regularly on, on social media, to be honest, is um, people saying Klopp gets any bit of flair out the team and stuff like that. And, I, I mean, I don't agree with it, but then when you look at the midfield, it's like the midfielders we've had up until now with McAllister and, and Soboslai, they haven't really been that type of player. They've been industrious, they've been hard-working, they've been just win the ball back, get the ball to the front three. It's like in the midfield, he hasn't really wanted that that flair that your Mascherano and at times Gerard would offer you. So it, it would be, I don't know if they could necessarily play that system, but then at the same time, I don't think Fabinho, Henderson and um, Juan Alden would be able to play the system that we played at that time with them three. So, like you say, they're completely different I systems. Think, I don't think Fabinho, Henderson or Juan Alden get a game under Rafa. No. I think they get sold. Because the system is different. We needed we needed a level of individual brilliance in that team. That's what was discussing before earlier about the core. We needed individual brilliance to, to make things happen, whether it be a 40-yard ball or a quick break or whatever. But we had the players to do that. Liverpool under Klopp has been like, even watching it to the day on the Bobby documentary, so much first-time football. Just get the ball to the front three. Bobby will drop in. The other two will go round the back and you're in. Pass it out wide, pass it across the box, go. Yeah. Don't think that shoots Mascarano and Alonso. So okay. it is, it's, it's so difficult. It's, a, good we, question. Oh, oh, it's a very oh, good put thing is, to discuss that. Going forward, we've obviously replaced Gerard, Mascarano, and Alonso and gone on to win absolutely everything since when Alden. We've struggled. Yeah. So I think these are um, players like him who don't get enough credit, who don't get replaced properly with like for like ability. And as you said before, industrious didn't replace him with anyone as hard working. We just let the midfield sort of rot a bit. I think it it go it shows how important he was for us. So he'd be one of the first ones out of all of them that I'd be picking to play. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it was a, it's a great thing. To discuss so um again I know it wasn't directed directly at us but Gary thank you for it because it's it's an interesting one to look at and it just <laughs> we've just been fucking blessed over the years haven't we with these midfielders you know you you look at the other ones we've had who haven't played as much as the the six we've mentioned in in both areas you know your Sissoko's who was unbelievable on his day yeah. until he got kicked in the eye um yeah. you know James Milner um Oxley before he got his injury. Like some of the midfielders you've had have just been fucking ridiculous. I can't believe you put Oxley in the same category as Alonso and Gerard. Come on, <laughs> I'm okay, not putting man. them in the same category. I'm just saying, like when you think of some of the midfielders you've had, and I said pre-injury, leave me alone. Yeah, no. To be fair, he what he was done well, done well pre-injury. So like, it's just a shame when you've got the likes of Naby Keaters and that who never really amounted to fuck all, and you've got players like Haman who's just now a raging pisshead who just talks <laughs> shit. But what a player he was. Yeah, he was so great. Like. Um, we've had so many, so many good players. But fucking hell. Yeah, we have been. But our next two now, though, haven't we, lads? So, McAllister. So, I was like, hopefully, we play again on, um, I think it's tomorrow, actually, isn't it? Um, play again tomorrow against Bayern Munich. So, hopefully, we can actually see them two playing together. Um, Do you know what? I think it's mad. It's, it, with the, going on to the question as well, where we've said, I don't think, like... We then players from the past that fit in this team. You could sort of go Sobersly is a bit more box to box like a Gerard, a bit more pass and run into the middle to, to get on the end of it to try and score like Gerard would have done. Not comparing them by any means. But and then you McAllister is like you're Alonso, we'll just get it, look for the first time forty yard finger. Um so need to try and go and get that mascarano now, we'll just fucking batter you. Because yeah. it, it it is it, it might be a bit more dynamic and play to shoot the midfield more than we do the forward line. That's what we've always been about. We might go a bit more direct where now hit the big man up up top, bless you where mm. the ball drops. But the the signs of pre season we are we are looking good. We're seeing similarities of like Gakpo coming in like Bobby would have done and the players getting out 
the windows getting out wide and back into the box like as we know. So yeah, it's interesting. Good to see. But I think we I think we are gonna go more like a an old fashioned Liverpool team where we, we go march down the wings and through the middle. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously it's exciting times, like I say, there's a reason we've we've got a good feeling about the season. You see it in the players, like you said, in in Klopp. You hear how he's speaking. Um like I don't know if anyone knows, Jay went to an evening with Klopp. <laughs> I did, I um, wish I, but even even you he said. <laughs> no, but even you said there, like he's so enthusiastic about this upcoming season. Like he's he's saying this is the start of something something special again. Yeah, it feels new. It feels like he just walked through the door and the players that he didn't think were going to be able to do the job have gone. Uh, and it, it is it's hard to take sometimes, you know, it's, it's sad to see the likes of Jordan Anderson and Fabinho go, but I think sometimes we are a bit biased when it comes to defending a player. Jordan Anderson weren't going to play all that often. Would have been great to have him still around because he's captain. Same with Milner. Um, Fabinho, for me, we discussed it. If you could get over him, his legs had gone a bit. Well, a lot, to be fair. Like, literally off. Would come off. Um, but again, fresh legs around would have helped him. Mm. So, the support, supporting them and wanting them to stay whilst realistically, if they could have went and we can and get better players than ideally but say yeah just hearing from Klopp live in the flesh breathing the same oxygen was just brilliant and seeing how infectious he is it's not even like he's being cocky it's not like I know something you don't know you know what I mean he just he's got that buzz he couldn't wait to get back off holiday he couldn't wait to see the new lads he's dead like excited by the new lads and the quality they bring and I think he believes that there'll be a step a step ahead of previous midfielders because as you said before, we don't have like flare players, but these these seem to be exactly that. They look yeah. they look very good on the ball, they look calm. They're a bit more like Thiago, but hopefully not oh fucking hell, I've said that. <laughs> hopefully touch wood, they don't get any. See, I didn't bring him into it today. You can't blame me. Um no, it's it's yeah, it's looking look it's looking good. Um let's just let's just enjoy the fucking season. We're gonna win the Europa League. That might as well just give us that now. No. Um <laughs> now you know what I do genuinely think we'll go I, I think we'll go very far in that competition this season. Um and I think it's gonna spare them on to 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 even bigger things again um next season and, and the season after. So I'm looking forward to it. Um that's what I said to you, lads. I said it's it's exactly like the first season all over again. It's the Europa League, and you know we just um, had a bad season, trying to build something, trying to reinvigorate the club, mm. try and get that good feeling back. Because last season it wasn't wasn't great, but say well, clock's the manager. You, you don't feel bad for long, don't feel negative for long, unless there's something seriously wrong with you. So all we've got to do is back these. Let's see where we're at when we kick a ball for the first time in the league and see what, what the squad is and whoever's in that squad get behind them. If there's young lads, give them time. I'll be patient with them. If it's a few of the older lads who we, we know to expect good things from, then just get behind them and see where we go. We need a, we need a good start in the league. Can't be dropping points early on. and I can't see us dropping points early on. I'm confident, no. no matter what what eleven starts, um, I think we'll be all right. Yeah, I agree. Um, to wrap up, then obviously I mentioned the man on your top there. Um, tell people where they can go and get one. You know by now, scousypublic.com. <laughs> chaos is a friend of mine. It's a famous Bob Dylan quote because this fella is absolute chaos. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him this season. So I think he discussed it. His, his goals and assists last season weren't that bad. I think he got 15 goals and never played as much as he wanted. I think he's learning the basics of the game and he's one of them players you just instantly like. You can see the fires there in his belly. He really wants to do well. He wants to do well for the share. He wants to do well for the fans, the way he connects with us when he scores and stuff. I think you can't buy that. And he um, needs a proper song on that cop soon. Yeah, definitely. Might uh, do a Bob Dylan one for him. Never know. 
never know. Um, but yeah, look, we'll wrap it up there. Um, thanks for the questions that we did get. Um, hope we answered them to hope we answered them well. Um, please keep listening, keep watching, subscribe, follow, do what you need to do. If you can rate us on Spotify or Apple or Google or wherever you listen, that'd be great. It helps get us up the charts and things like that. Um, but yeah, just thank you. The response the last few weeks when we've uh, managed to get the consistency going between us has been it's been fantastic. So just yeah, thank you and up the reds. Up the reds. Sports Social Podcast Network.